0: As the high school football season rolls on, we've got you covered. It's on the way. It's high enough. It's long enough. It's good. Good. Oh, my goodness. It's good. They win it. They win it. Are you kidding me? What a game. Woo! This is Next Round Preps on the Double Down Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, John Lunsford
1: and Jerry Young. And welcome in to another week of Next Round Preps right here on the Double Down Podcast Network. I'm John Lunsford, joined as always by Jerry Young. And Jerry, week one, official week one in the books, the second week of the high school football season. Now we headed to week two, which of course is the third week. I always have to emphasize that. People get confused with the whole week zero thing. It but It confuses me, John. Week zero in college football. Week one in high school football last week. Week zero for high school football is the week before that. But had a lot of uh, non-region games going on there. Region play will start this week. So as we start talking about games, most of them, if not all of them, will be region play. But, uh, you know, kind of some tests for some teams this past week and some tiebreakers as well could come into play when it comes to the end of the season, having two non-region games here early. The game we were at, Thompson taking on Spartman. Uh, of course, calling the Thompson games every single week. They take on Tuscaloosa County for their first region game. We'll preview that. And Adam Weingarten having a, a rematch against Thompson after last year. Right. Um, but Thompson beating Spartan 55 to nothing. right now. It's funny. I, I've talked to so many people over the last uh, couple of weeks now that I'm working with Thompson. And I went to Homewood. I'm saying, you know what? Both my teams are 2-0 and right now. Right. Except one has a margin of victory of plus 110. One has a margin of victory of plus 5 even though they're both undefeated. Uh, a dominant performance from Thompson again as they took down Spartman. Spartman may be a playoff team. We'll see how to region four, but um, didn't quite look like it against Thompson and Alabaster on Friday night. What other games stood out from you on Friday night?
0: Well, you know, I think uh, Leeds starting off 2-0. I, I don't know why that I'm so interested in that, I guess because Jerry Hood's always been successful wherever he's been. Leeds, one-time success story. Now they backed off now. Are they back or not? But uh, talking about Thompson, John, you know, uh, I talked to Mark Freeman at length this past week, and the score, 55 to nothing. even though Thompson was superior athletically, there were still a ton of mistakes that Thompson made. Another touchdown callback. I think that's three now in two games. You know, you can't make those mistakes now as they're entering region play. And of course, they're playing Tuscaloosa County, which you alluded to, which is Adam Wine Garden, which I told uh, Mark Freeman. You know, I mentioned that. I said, you know, the last time you two met was in the biggest game, and he said, "Oh, that's ancient history." And, you know, he's ready to move on. He's getting a lot of questions about that, but you know, the news media like us are trying to make a story out of it when, in reality, in their mind, it is no story. But um, so we'll start with uh, Leeds, as I mentioned. They beat Pell City seventeen to nothing. They go two and zero. But they'll be at Lincoln. So uh, uh, we'll we'll move on down the list. Some other games that are kind of keyed in, and this will be an interesting game, is Prattville uh, at Auburn. Yeah, last
1: week Prattville beating stanhope belmore We talked about that big rivalry down uh, there in the Prattville-Millbrook area. And, you know, that's a rivalry game that still they're able to to win, you know, by over 20 points. And and now they do head into a really uh, tough region. We talked about Adam Weingarten, Auburn, the best team out of the region last year, Central. Now that Patrick Nix is there, trying to get his feet up under him, uh, you know what can they do? They beat Ufala last week, thirty three nothing, a game they lost last year. Ufala, a top ten team out of uh, Class Six A. Uh, they, I think, fell out of the poll this week, but um, you know that's that's a good win for Patrick Nix to get down there. So it will be interesting to see. Okay, where does Prattville fall right. in that region? You know, they've been third best at best. Lately, Central Phoenix City, back when you had, um, you know, uh, Jamie DuBose was head coach there. They beat Thompson in the, the state championship game, make it two years in a row, uh, lose the next year. Auburn makes it. Where's Prattville? We're waiting for Prattville, you know, at, now that we work for Thompson, I don't think we're waiting for the old Hoover-Prattville days necessarily. But, hey, Thompson-Prattville wouldn't be too bad.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I always say when Prattville's strong and Foley's strong, those two teams add so much to 7A statewide – Bob Jones has fell off since Kevin Rose has left from there. Uh, James Clemens is still doing a good job, but as yet they haven't made it past the second round, I believe, of the playoffs. They may have made it to the third round one year. But that being said, you need those two teams in Huntsville area or North Alabama – to be strong, and you need Prattville, and you need Foley to be strong to round out the Thompson, Hoover, Auburn, Hewitt-Trustville, and Central Phoenix cities of the state. That's what makes it interesting to talk high school football. So I'm very interested in that score, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Hoover, they beat uh, Alpharetta 35-7. to They play Vestavia the way Vestavia's playing. You notice we hadn't mentioned them in the top at all, but you know they need to get back strong too, but that – Should be an easy cakewalk for Hoover. Then another big game, Spain Park. Coming off a loss to Briarwood Christian, which was not embarrassing. Briarwood Christian, a good team, but they got beat by a lower-class team. They play Hewitt Trustful.
1: Spain Park and Vestavia, to go back to to that game as well, with Vestavia taking on Hoover – both losing to, losing to 6A Region 5 schools. And that, of course, was the region that Mountain Brook is a part of as well, former 7A Region 3 team. Uh, Mountain Brook beating Vestavia the first week, 33-3, to three, and then losing by two points to Homewood, Vestavia did last week. Sean Calhoun, a former Rush props coach, coached with him over in Colquitt County, coming from Georgia, uh, coming in to Vestavia. And, look, it's going to take you some time in 7A Region 3 to get your feet up under you. Oh, by the way, the first team you play is Hoover – and the only way it would be any worse is if you're playing Thompson in the first week. Right. Um, you know, so he's going to get hit quickly. I mean, of course, Brook is one of those teams that you basically can still count as a 7A region three team. Mountbrook and Homewood have played Vestavia in every single year of their existence. So two rivals there for Vestavia that even though they're lower classification teams technically – Still a very tough team to play. So I'll be interested to see how this game turns out. It's actually been a close game. The last couple of years they played with Vestavia and Hoover, it should not have been. That's more on Hoover than it is on Vestavia necessarily. But uh, for somebody who comes from the Rush Propes coaching tree, taking on Hoover in their first big region game, I'll be very interested to see what happens with that one. And then Spain Park losing to Briarwood last week. We went through and picked games before our our, our game against Spartan. And you know when it came to Briarwood and Spain Park, that was when I thought Briarwood could win. Briarwood, super impressive, 42-8. to eight. They beat Spain Park, like you said. Hewitt gets them this week after a blowout over Saraland last week.
0: So is it a bigger shocker to you that Spain Park only scored eight or that they gave up 42? Probably that they gave up 42. Me too. Last
1: year in that game, it was 14-0 Briarwood. Spain Park came back 1-21-14. But all things considered, a low-scoring game. If you would have told me this game was 14-8, to eight, that, yeah, okay, Briarwood's got a shot at that point. Briarwood's going to win. That's about what I expected. A game, high teens low 20s, because that's about what it was last year. Totally different this year. So I'm very interested now to see how Briarwood performs against Homewood, a rival of theirs from back when I played in the early 2000s. They split classifications. Now they're back together. Mountain Brook and Briarwood coming out of the same region. That was your top two teams last year. Mountain Brook got the better of Briarwood. But if you beat a 7A region three team, no matter who it is, 42 to eight, that's impressive. And so the fact that two... 6A Region 5 teams were able to beat two 7A Region 3 teams. That That's impressive over in its own right. So we'll see what
0: happens. We talked about Thompson so much, but, of course, they beat spark when we said that, 55 to nothing. And this Tuscaloosa County team, I can promise you this. I say that, and then something like crazy happens. I learned last year in the state championship game to never say never, okay? But I don't think it'll be 55 to nothing. I think Tuscaloosa County is going to – Going to play Thompson pretty close or not real close, but they should be more of a ball game. Okay. Hewitt Trustful beat Sarah Lane 41 to nothing. We've got that game. there two 2 0 now as uh, uh, Hewitt Trustful looking good, ranked uh, number four in the state as usual. So there'll be this going to be another good ball game coming up for them.
1: Yeah, it will. Taking on Spam Park. Um, you know, Hewitt and Sarah Lynn, that's a game that I would have thought would have been a little bit closer. Sarah Lynn, one of the better teams out of uh, 6A Region 1. They didn't get to play last year because of COVID, so it's a one nothing win for Hewitt-Trustville last year. But 41-0, it's a little different. That's that's right. kind of impressive. Of course, you beat Pinson in the first week, still very fairly impressive. Uh, Sam Shea, Shea kind of trying to find himself there at Pinson Valley. But uh, to win 49-27 and then 41-0 over Pinson and Sarah Lynn, that you could easily say any given year is a, a 6A state championship game that's impressive. So we talk about the top of 7-8 Region 3 versus the bottom of 7-8 Region 3. The top right now, those top three teams looking pretty good.
0: All right, let's talk about two games in our area. Oak Mountain slips into the top ten this uh, week as they come in at rank number ten as they take uh, the Austin Black Bears place. They handle Pelham real well, 21-0. to nothing. Uh, And so now they play Gadsden City as they start region play at home Oak Mountain, a better football team. Is it possible that they're a sleeper this year? Everybody's kind of overlooking them, but they got a new coach and so they're looking good as well.
1: Yeah, Tyler Crane taking over for Chris Bell. They start off 4 0 last year and were that team. They, they played Hoover, they lost big, but then late in the season, uh with Thompson and Hewitt Trussville, that's who they finished the season with. One of one of those three games, if you pull an upset there, you're all of a sudden sitting potentially working your way into a second seed at that point hosting a playoff game.
0: Let's talk about Homewood. I know that uh, this game at McAdory coming up. Both teams two and O. McAdory pulls off a big win to start the the season from a team down south. Uh, so you know the same exact thing we talked about with Prattville. You know where do they stand? We're going to find out for sure where not only Homewood stands, but also where McAdory really stands. I think this is the number one game in the state to keep an eye on. Yeah, McAdory breaking in a new
1: coach as well uh, with Bart Sessions going down south. And so they beat St. Paul's 21-7. Pretty impressive win. It's technically 6A over 5A, but St. Paul's, they're one of those teams that's going to probably get competitive balance back up to 6A uh, here in the next reclassification, depending on how they do with the playoffs this year. But then they take on Demopolis on the road, only win that one by 5, another 5A school, a good 5A school, but another 5A school. So they're 2-0 and over two 5A schools. Meanwhile, Homewood, they're 2-0 and over Hillcrest-Tuscaloosa from McAdor's region, um, a, a team who the, the very well could be at the top of that region, Hillcrest, and then Vestavia, six, uh, 7A region, 3School. I do think this is a game to watch because this will set the tone for Homewood, one of the few non-region games we have this week to then go into region play against teams like Briarwood, teams like Mountain Brook that they're going to play later in right. the season. To get to that point, you got to be undefeated if you want to compete for a region title. So far, so good. We'll see.
0: Finish up this little segment from games we had Mark from last year, uh, from last week, Jasper beat Coleman 20 to 16. We just talked about that game. Jasper now is at Clay Chalkville this week. So, that ought to be a good matchup as well. So that's what we talked about last week. Kept some uh, an eye on a few games, and we're going to do that this week as well, starting with down in south, St. Michael's Catholic taking on Jackson. Now, the Aggies at Jackson, uh, traditionally, that side of the state, that bottom third in the black belt down there, traditionally one of the strongest teams to always be competitive in a game. But a Phillip Rivers coached team – at St. Michael's Catholic beat Mcintosh last week 49 to nothing. Of course, Jackson beat TR Miller to start the the season off 47 to 44, so they can hang some points And last week. They beat Clark County 40 to 20. So that's a Thursday night game, so we'll catch that game tonight and see what uh you know what St. Michael's has and can they hang in with some of the traditions in that region, in that classification, that 4 A classification in Jackson.
1: Yeah, St. Michael's only winning one game on the field last last year, had a COVID win over McIntosh there at the beginning of the season. But, you know, Phil Rivers is a guy we're all keeping an eye on. I mean, he comes into high school and instantly you have people asking now in the preseason, well, hey, is there an NFL team that could use him? His veteran leadership, you know, he still can probably sling the ball okay. Should he come back and play? And he said, no, look, I'm committed to St. Michael. I like that about him, that he's... Signed up to coach this season. He's going to coach this season. Now next year, you know, he may get a call in the spring and says, hey, we need you to come back and play. But uh, I like so far what he's doing down there. And I know it's only one game and it's over a 1A team. You know, Not the best team either, but bottom line a blowout win for his first win. But it's a tough one to start his 4A region play. If
0: you look at Phillip Rivers, he's living in Fairhope. How do you get any better than that? I mean, really, if you're going to retire somewhere, you know, in my opinion, Fairhope down on the coast, they've got everything going forward in that size town. And, you know, financially, he's got to be set. I mean, he played in the NFL all those years. Yep. So he's got to enjoy life. I'm not sure he's even interested in moving back in anywhere. I think he's very happy right there. I know his family's happy. So uh, looking forward to seeing how his career develops. Okay, Spanish Ford at Gulf Shores. Why do I have this, Mark? Well, Mark Hudspeth, the new coach at Gulf Shores, they were very similar, you know, very few wins. They come in now, they're 2-0 Playing Spanish Fort, will the magic continue? I don't think so. I think Spanish Fort's going to whip them, but well, they whooped St.
1: Paul's lastly 42 to 7. Right. So that should explain a lot right there.
0: That's right. All right. Benjamin Russell's at Stanhope Elmore. Uh, you know, we talk about them because Benjamin Russell trying to rebuild. Helena is at We Wetumpka with a loss this year, but Helena's playing strong. So we'll see how Helena can do. Makadori and Homewood, we've already kind of talked about that earlier in the show. Another game that we're going to keep an eye on. And now back down to Briarwood Christian, a region game against Chelsea. Can Chelsea stay on the field with Briarwood Christian? After uh, beating Spain Park 42 to 8, that's
1: a little bit, uh, that kind of changes my mind a little bit. Um, so far, Chelsea this year lost to Oak Mountain pretty bad, although it was tied at halftime 13 13, ended up losing 46 to 19. Lost to Helena last week. Uh, you mentioned Helena. I think Helena. Should, I think they would have won the region last year down there in Region 3. They had to forfeit their game against Pelham uh, because of COVID, but I think they would have won that game and ultimately won the region. So, Helena, a good team on the road, but you're going to Briarwood, a place that you know well, a place that I know well from having played there uh, back when I was at Homewood. Um, you know, it's a tough environment, and you know, they they have Homewood right after Briarwood. So, starting off 0-2, then you get Briarwood, Homewood to start off the season, and then you get Pelham after an off week. So, not a great start to the season there for Chelsea when it comes to your schedule, but not sure they can hang with Briarwood. not sure they can hang with homewood in those first two games.
0: We just mentioned Clay Chopville will be at home against Jasper, Gardendale and Pinson Valley. Pinson Valley's got to travel over to Gardendale. You know, we've called a couple of games in Gardendale over the past few years. Great stadium, great uh, on campus stadium. I love the way it's set up. It has even though it's big, it has a certain amount of uh, you know, uh, closeness about it, but uh Gardendale is back in the in the hunt and here they are now facing a Pinson Valley team in Sam Shade. How do you see that game, John?
1: Yeah, Driver Stadium, not the easiest place to play either. Um, I, I never played at Driver Stadium, but I've seen a lot of games there. Like you said, Gardendale always plays well there. On the road to start their season, Spartan. They went up to Spartan beat them 34-20, a Spartan team we saw last week, and then they beat Bessemer City on the road as well, 39 to nothing. right there off of 2059. So they're hosting and they're hosting Clay, not the easiest start to the schedule. I don't know that they get a win in both these games, but I think there's a chance they get a win against Penso Valley. Penson struggled against Hewitt, bounced back last week against the Shades Valley team that's went three and seven. They're a playoff team, but still three and seven last year. And uh, you know it, this will help determine, I think, home field for that second team. I think Clay Chalvo is looking really strong right now. I think Clay is going to end up winning that region if I just had to pick it as of right now. But I think this could be your you know home game basically play-in game for that home game in the playoffs because the top two get home field advantage. I think you have Clay in the winner of this game to be those top two teams from the region.
0: John, let's talk about the big rivalry up in the Huntsville area. You got Bob Jones and James Clemens squaring off that game right there. It's so big that they even have a major fireworks display after the game. It's always packed. It is a fantastic atmosphere as the whole – Morgan County area and Huntsville—they all come together. But James Clemens and Bob Jones will be a good ball game.
1: Yeah, it's a good rivalry up there. It's kind of the you know the Hoover Spain Park from uh, right here in Birmingham because it's it's, it's one school splitting into two. Uh, James Clemens even has similar colors to Spain Park, so uh, it kind of works out the same way. James Clemens a team you're always expecting to compete for a region title. Uh, you know they were up there tied for for the top last year. Um, and so you expect them to be able to get this win. They won 54 28. Bob Jones, coached by actually one of my former coaches who I played for in high school and college, uh, Kelvis White, whose brother Laron White is at Spartan right now. We saw last week. Um, he was at Dothan. He came up to May Jemison, got turned May Jemison into a playoff team, got hired at Bob Jones last year. A little bit of a struggle last season um, as he went 3 and 7, 2 and 5 in that region, missed out on the playoffs. But, um, you know, we'll see what. They can do this year. I like Kelvis. He's a, he was a former defensive lineman at Alabama there in the late 90s, and he coached me at Homewood and coached me at Birmingham Southern as well. He knows his stuff. He knows his football. Um, he's, a, he's a primarily a line guy because he played defensive line. His brother, Leron, played offensive line at Alabama. Don't know this year if they can get it done. Don't know if it'll you know be, take two years or it'll take three years. I hope they you know let him kind of have some breathing room and let him have a chance at a school like Bob Jones, which you do compare to schools like Hoover when it comes to size and and, and scope, I hope a loss of Buckhorn and potentially a loss of James Clemens doesn't shut down Bob Jones for the season, that they can use that as kind of a learning experience under a new coach, still a fairly new coach, and turn it around this season.
0: Yeah, Bob Jones got excellent facilities too. So they're, you know, of course, so does James Clemens, but it, it is, it's a story in a story up there, and they do make it a, a big hype ball game. All right. Well, that's the games for. Last week that we kind of went over, the game's coming up this week that we think are important and we'll learn a lot after this week two game, round of games. I want to talk about something that's in the news right now. It just keeps growing every hour. You seem to find something else new about it. I'll compare it and I'll start it off like this. That's the that's the Bishop Sycamores who we're going to talk about. You remember about two years ago, John, a guy by the name of Rush props mm-hmm. went to Wetumpka and got hired supposedly by USA Academy, I believe is what they were going to call it. He stayed there two or three or four months, and it didn't pan out. I couldn't help but to think about this because there was no school. It's an Internet-based school where you have a football team. So basically the kids play football. They go to school at the house in the mornings on the Internet and do that kind of a program. This seemed to be what Bishop Sycamore did. But, however, now we're learning they may not even be a, a, a Internet-based school. <laughs> I
1: don't really know what to make of this whole thing. I, I actually saw part of the game uh, because it was part of kind of a high school kickoff weekend that they had on ESPN. So aired a lot of games. And, you know, when you see IMG Academy come on, it really doesn't matter who they're playing. Even if they played a team like Hoover, uh, you know, they had a, they had a couple right. home, home and home there with Hoover. Still, IMG took it to Hoover. I mean, it's just a different animal there. And when it comes to you know, putting them in the grand scope of, of teams, you know, Thompson's the top five team in the country right now. Well, how do they really compare to IMG Academy? Right. You can't really compare high schools across the state because it's totally different ball games. But IMG is a totally different thing, period, because people come from all around the country to play at IMG. So I said, OK, it's IMG. They're going to whoop whoever this team is. And I watched five seconds of it, turned it off. I couldn't tell you anything about Bishop Sycamore. Uh, you know, it's listed as a team from Ohio. I said, OK, whatever, move on. Then I see the article come out and I start seeing people on Twitter talking about, you know, boy, ESPN got duped by this and I was like, well okay, IMG Academy, we know whatever you think about IMG Academy, it's a it's a legitimate program and it's, you know, the, the best of the best football players and everything and right. you may, you know, you may not like it, but it is what it is. I
0: don't, but I understand it.
1: Yeah, it, it is what it is. So, right. you know, I I start reading and I start reading and I think, you know, well this is a team that Doesn't have multiple Division One recruits, even though they said they did. Well, okay, people can fudge that, you know. I I could have said I was a Division One recruit because I was on a team that had some Division One recruits, and I maybe just hadn't been recruited by Alabama and Auburn yet. But it was coming; I just knew it was coming. Um, They had none of those players. I think the best was they gave the roster to the play-by-play people, and it's just a list of names. It doesn't have numbers next to them. It doesn't have uh, you know height, weight next to them. It just says like quarterback John Lunsford. And right. that's it. It's like, okay, well, what number is he? You know, somebody else switches out. I don't know who that is. It has no information about it, no college recruiting, no nothing. So it's like, okay, that's a little suspect. Well, then you start looking into it a little more. You see the address is like some duplex it randomly, you know, in some neighborhood is the address for the school. Um, you know, these, these kind of things exist everywhere. You mentioned Rush Probst was about to coach one. I don't even know what even happened to that academy, school, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, Central Phoenix City actually played one called the AAA Focus Academy out of Texas. They went to Texas and beat them 49 to nothing. I mean, it it, it was like five years ago. And you see these teams and you think, well, is this really a school? What is this? You know, IMG Academy, people ask that question. You know, it is, in essence, a school. They're trying to get them ready for college. It's a prep academy, whatever it may be. But this has none of that. This doesn't have any legitimacy from the school standpoint, right? From a a professional standpoint, from like who are the professionals there teaching slash coaching these kids, the the coach is like has a warrant for his arrest and all that kind of stuff. And the jokes have been nonstop ever since then. I mean, it's been hysterical to watch it, but I feel I feel bad for the teams that have been scheduled to play right. them with legitimate players. Right. Like I, I'm just imagining if I had played a team like this, I, we said, "Hey, we're going to play a team out of Ohio." whoa, that's cool. We get to go play a team out of Ohio. right? I don't want to play that team. I mean, you're going to win 50 to nothing. But I'm and not that's even cool, sure that
0: if you go back to it's not may not even be a school. And some of those kids, like the quarterback, they're saying today that he actually graduated high school already. He, he graduated last year, and they just kind of pulled it back in and fuzzed it. But how in the world, John, could ESPN and the company that they hired, I know that they farm out, you know, getting this done and they go on their recommendation how could somebody not go to the school and say oh where's the school why is it in this duplex uh wait a minute before we get on the air we got to have a roster I mean you and I would never think about calling a game without the 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 student's name and their number on the back of their jersey how could ESPN get all the way on the air in this Go this far. I mean, this is the biggest black eye ESPN's ever had.
1: Yeah, and you know, you can debate charter schools till the cows come home. I feel I feel like people stand on one side or the other of charter schools. I have no problem with charter schools in general, but then to make a football team on top of that, okay, you, you have a place to play. These are kids who want to be able to play. You know, you can debate the homeschool thing like Tim Tebow. I mean, there's a Tim Tebow rule in every state right. uh, for how they handle homeschool stuff, but this is, is none of that. This is not anything legitimate. Charter schools, usually have to have some kind of legitimacy to it to, to send your kid there. The sports program has to fall within what the High School Athletic Association for that given state has. Now, IMG maybe plays a little bit out of it, but that's because they don't play Florida school for the most part. They play everybody, right. and you know what you're getting when you play IMG Academy. You're at least well-established enough at IMG Academy to know what you're getting. Once again, whether you like it or not, you know what you're getting at that's least. Correct. You don't know what you're getting with this. And the fact that ESPN, in a whole big showcase, I can't imagine for college – you know, okay, Alabama-Miami Alabama, is one of their big games they're showing this week. Well, I can't imagine that in their weekend of games from Thursday through Monday on Labor Day weekend, the, the game they have randomly thrown in there on Sunday is, you know, uh, there was one. It was like College of Faith or something like that. There right. was a college that was trying to get away with doing this in like smaller division school in, in the NCAA. But it's not like you're going to have Alabama take on some random fake school. That's not going to happen. So with high school – I get high school isn't as big as college. And from a national landscape, you know, people may know IMG Academy, people may know Hoover. Now they know the name Thompson, you know, Bishop Gorman, you know, you know, modern day, you know, some of these, the math, all these big schools that are up at the top every time. But, you know, you have to think, okay, why are we putting this game on? There's Division I recruits. Let's go to the ESPN 300. Let's see who those right. Division I recruits are. Right. because They're not in there. the ESPN 300, not even all those are going. You know, to FBS, even Power 5 schools, some of those are even going to lower FBS schools, Group of Five, maybe even the top FCS schools. It's not that hard to go to your own database and look because ESPN has one of the bigger recruiting databases. It's not that hard to Google. I mean, one quick Google shows you nothing about this team, and that should be all the evidence you need. You Google Thompson right now, you find plenty. You Google Homewood right now, you find plenty. You Google St. Michael right now, you find plenty. You Google any team in Alabama, and you're going to find plenty. Right. You Google an IMG Academy, you're going to find plenty. Uh, there's you know, others for basketball, especially that like Monteverde down in Florida. You're going to find plenty. You find nothing about Bishop Gorman. It's not that hard.
0: I know. And the fact that they played on Friday night, and then they play on Sunday. How could a coach do that? I thought it was very interesting because they got a hold of the athletic director. His name's Andre Peterson, and here's his statement. Roy, speaking of Roy Johnson, the head coach, uh, has honestly been like a little brother to me in the sense that we were really close in la- when we launched Bishop Sycamore. I can't even understand. They're already starting to try to spin it. Of course, the guy's already lost his job. You mentioned he's in trouble with the law somewhere for some, I don't even remember now, I want to say domestic-type issue or something you have a have a team that that nobody even went to the school to check on to see if they've got a team so much stuff this story is going to just keep growing I don't know I just want to play the uh, part in the movie when they uh, <laughs> when they make a move at it because this is something you can't make this stuff up what kills me though thing. okay We've talked about this all week long, right? Right. We're talking
1: about it right now on an Alabama high school football podcast that has nothing to do with IMG Academy or Bishop Sycamore, but it's one of the biggest stories, not just in high school football, but across the country, period. Not even just in sports, just period, because these are kids, maybe, (laughs) and how their education is affected. Who knows who, who these kids are? But what kills me is now they've lost some games because people are like, oh, wait, we don't want to play this team. We're going to take them off of our schedule. So I just Googled. I was like, I wonder what games they have left. Their last game on the schedule is a team, St. Francis Academy, based out of Baltimore. Maryland has some really good top high school football programs. They're 0-1 right now. They lost to St. Thomas Aquinas, another really top, uh, really big top football program. And I'm sitting here looking through their schedule, and they have De La Salle, who has been consistently one of the top teams in the country out of California. They have uh, IMG Academy on their schedule. I'm sitting here looking. It's like, man, this is like... One of the top teams in the country. They're ranked number 13 right now uh, in max preps top 25 nationally. So just behind Thompson. So this is the kind of team we're talking about here. Right. And right there, Friday, October 22nd, Bishop Sycamore. This is a top team in the country still planning to go play Bishop Sycamore. And that's the other thing that hadn't been mentioned in all this. How does IMG Academy go play this team? They played them last year. They're playing them this year. How do they play that team? How are you IMG Academy and not realize, okay, I'm not playing the best of the best? Now, I know every game they play isn't going to be a Hoover-Thompson kind of team. Right. You're going to play some teams out of Florida, maybe they're not the best. you got to fill a schedule, and a lot of teams don't want to play IMG Academy. But how are you a top team like IMG Academy or St. Francis Academy, and you still schedule this team? Yeah, And you travel to go play them in Ohio. That makes no sense whatsoever.
0: And none of it makes any sense. That's what I'm telling you. You can't make this stuff up, and uh, you know we'll look for the – documentary or the i'm not sure how, how do you handle it if you're espn do you shut up and hope the story goes away or do you hit it head on and say look we were duked and here's why we were duked and make a story out of it and you know it's going to be interesting to see how espn handles it as well and you know you go back john a couple years ago we talked about this they laid off so many people at espn some quality people oh, okay yeah. yep. so if you look at it two years later here's a bonehead mistake coming out of ESPN, you have to wonder, you know, if they would have given me the job to do my research on Bishop Sycamore before the game, I would have flown to Ohio. Ohio. I would have seen their facility. I would have talked to the coach. I would have interviewed players. How can they still recommend it, get all the way on the air with no roster even is absolutely amazing. And, and, And the final thing, what kills
1: me is you put together a whole packet every single Friday night for Thompson's game of whoever they're playing now i know about Spartan. i just said that their head coach's brother was one of my coaches so i can make a tie there oxford state champion two years ago so we know some stuff about these teams but even if i didn't you have a roster that is submitted to the ahsaa that the team has and you go through and find all that information we have starting lineups, all that kind of stuff you know how an espn broadcaster doesn't yeah. have even more than that. Right. I mean, I'm not saying you don't do a good job, but I would expect ESPN to do a whole big right. stack of stuff to that's give right. to a broadcaster that says, okay, you know, you have plenty of talking points about IMG Academy, and I'm sure IMG Academy did have a stack of papers to give to them. Right. But you're calling both games. You know, when Tim, Tim Tebow came and played Hoover from Nice, yeah, Tim Tebow is the main person you're watching, but you know everything about Nice and you know everything about Hoover. Right. You don't just know about Tim Tebow and that's it. Well, You want to pull the,
0: stories from both teams. And being around the press box watching ESPNs of the world get ready to do the game, their production meeting, if it's a 7 p.m. kick, they're all meeting at 4 o'clock with a meal. You know, they got their suit and ties hanging up behind them that they're going to change before they go on camera. So you're sitting there three hours before the game. I'm thinking of myself, and if I don't even have the roster, I'm not sure I'm going to be the guy that calls the game. I mean, I'm going to say, guys, what do you want me to do? I mean, my reputation's on the line. Of course, I understand. I didn't watch it either, but I understand the the announcers did a great job of just laying it on the line and not caring who who heard them or what they said about it. But still, I can't even fathom getting that that production meeting, you know, three or four hours for the game and not knowing anything. (laughs) I can't either, but you know what? We'll be at a
1: game featuring two real teams, Thompson taking on Tuscaloosa County over there in Northport, and we'll have that game on the Warrior Nation Network. You can uh, watch and listen to us there. A lot of other big games going on this week across the state. We'll have the breakdown of all those next week right here on Next Round Preps.